On his Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. Dave Raymond joining us now. Rangers play-by-play for Bally Sports Southwest. Dave, I just noticed, my gosh, I mean, you've been on the air, 7.55 a.m., did a 3 o'clock hit, now doing a Mosley show at 4. I mean, I, I, hope you're, uh, I hope you're pacing yourself, and I'm sure Houston folks have had you on as well. But uh, great, to, uh, great to have you, and I'm sure the adrenaline's, I mean, it's rolling at this point. After last night, which had, it was one of the great victories in Rangers history. I've been watching this stuff for a long, long time. But with everything on the line and everything that had happened, Dave, it, it felt like one of the gutsiest wins they'd ever had. I think you have a very strong argument there. Um, and first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah. always, always a treasure uh, to, to join you, man. And um, listen, the, the, you're right. The adrenaline's starting to take over. And it, I have been at it all day, but it's just, it's like we're just getting warmed up. We're just getting to the good stuff here. Uh, today, but that game, I, I, t- to your point, the backdrop, right, of the way things went down on Friday and you know, all the drama at the end of that game with the benches clearing and then the suspension and Dusty not leaving the field and all, all of that, you know, and then just no doubt the, the mood of fans heading into Sunday. I mean, it was a gut punch. That really, that was a low point of sorts. And to come back, win the game like that, accent it with Garcia overcoming all of the, the, the nonsense surrounding him. I mean, just boot mercilessly for his first four bats, getting the golden sombrero for strikeouts. <laughs> and then in that big moment with the bases, now, and, and, and I don't even know, it, it lost in all this. You'll remember he came up to the plate and Maldonado, doing what Maldonado always does, comes up with another little mind game. Suddenly his pitch com doesn't work. Oh yeah, my pitch com doesn't work. And so now we gotta have a pause while Bombi stands there waiting for his chance. I thought it was just the most beautiful thing of all time for him then to calm himself down in a way that we haven't seen him really be able to do and make that nice, relaxed swing and pound a ball hundred ten miles an hour over the fence for a grand slam. It was it was a thing of beauty. Yeah, and then to see in the background on that one view uh, <laughs> of the fans streaming out of Minute Maid, I mean, you know that place, you know that fan base, you've lived in Houston. I mean, I, so you have a great understanding of both fan bases. But that was, that was, uh, that was for Rangers fans, uh, Dave, uh, that was pretty neat to watch that and to see that angle. Because I kept waiting for that angle. It may have been. Valley Sports that I finally saw that because um, I wanted to see what his reaction was, right? Fox didn't yeah. show that in the game. Fox Sports 1, you didn't quite see what he did right after it went out. And they usually show you about three or four different takes. But he kind of – he didn't do that much, I mean, based nope. on what he, he does. He just kind of dropped his bat, and he never races around the bases, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, But, man, what a – what a scene, and then just the silence, and then it was almost like all at once everybody just kind of got up and left. I mean, that, I mean, he that, had, that was remarkable. Yeah, he hadn't reached first base, right? Because And that's where, that's where he really enjoys it, is in those, in those early moments. He likes to walk very slowly, take his first three or four strides, 
in an absolute stroll to first base. And by the time he was two-thirds of the way to first base, you see people, and that view you're talking about is like down the left field line looking in toward the plate, so you see the fans along the first baseline. I mean, he's about two-thirds of the way to first base, and you see fans just turning their backs and shuffling to the aisle and (laughs) heading out. I mean, that's unbelievable. He hadn't even even touched a base yet, and they're like, God, to hell with it. We're we're out of here. I can't take any more of this. It was really, it was really something. And I, you know, talking to Astros people, even you know, broadcasters, media, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it's, in a way, I think this series hasn't felt that real to them. You know what I mean? Like they're used to the postseason. They're used to high stakes baseball. They're used to seeing teams like the Yankees and and the other usual suspects in the postseason. Maybe the maybe the the Red Sox or the Rays or whomever. But the fact that it's the Rangers, I think has has kind of created a a little bit of a disconnect for some Astros fans and whatnot. And I think now suddenly they find themselves almost dazed, like what, what is happening? Are we really going to game seven with the (laughs) Rangers for the ALCS? And it's a reality it's here. And, there are a lot of reasons why, as a Rangers fan, you might look at this and feel really, really good, which is kind of crazy given the recent history of these two clubs where the, where the Astros are coming from and where the Rangers are coming from. Uh, I'm not saying that the Rangers have the advantage per se here. I don't know if there is one when you get to a Game 7. But I will say that there are a number of elements that, that line up uh, pretty well for them, whether that's the manager, the um, uh, you know, the way this lineup is played, certainly the location of the ball game. So, uh, yeah, I think for Rangers fans, man, it's kind of a, it's kind of a giddy little moment right now. I also think the team that forced that forces a game seven by winning game six have that, you know, they have that little momentum piece going with them as well. So this is, this is going to be a really, really fun, if not nerve wracking night tonight. Well, in this Astros what should be a big home field advantage, you're right, has not been one, and it hasn't been one for them at all this season. It doesn't it doesn't totally make much sense. Do you view this as just some sort of huge aberration, or is this something you think has maybe seeped into their heads a little bit? Like, they, they've now lost enough games at home where it has to be in their minds a little bit, I mean, obviously, it all comes down to one game. You you would think they're not thinking about that, but how could you not when you've won that? When you've been that great on the road, what is their record now? Fifty three and thirty. I'm trying to update it in my head. And then on the on the, I mean, it's just it, on the road. And then at home, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you've called a lot of games there. Can you make any sense of what has what this has been like for the Astros this season? So to clear it up. They are 56 and 30 away from Minute Maid Park this year <laughs> and averaging almost six runs a game. At home, Houston is 40 and 46. They've been outscored pretty solidly, and they average a little better than four runs per game. And they're also they're trying to do something that's never been done. No team has ever reached the World Series with a losing home record, and that's what they're trying to do. Um, so yes, it's stunning. They've scored six runs in the three games they've hosted at home in this series. Now, 
to your question about what is it and would it be in their head, I, I would say this. What do we say about most sporting events, most competitive endeavors? These athletes are so talented. They're so good on both sides. Whether we're talking NFL, college-level sports, whether we're talking baseball or basketball, we always come back around to what percentage of the game is mental. It's like, well, 90% of the game is mental. How many times yeah, yeah. have we heard that? How many times have you said And when you have kids and you watch them go through things and you, you try to encourage them and stuff, you realize, oh, my gosh, yeah, there is – the mental side is really, really powerful. And to that end, are they thinking about it? Well, I don't know. I know that they've been asked about it ad nauseum. They get asked every single person who comes up every day, pregame and postgame. Boy, can you explain what's going on in your home ballpark? Can you Even the, the Rangers get asked. Boy, do you guys have any explanation for what's going on with them and their home ballpark? And they chuckle and say, nope, and we don't really care um, because it suits them. But, yes, I think for Houston, they, interestingly to me, they built this, uh, this mental maze that they've put themselves in. They've created it, and they talk about the backdrop. Well, it's, it's leafy. It's got all those vines back there. It's different than other backdrops, which are matte paint and green. Ours is leaves and stuff, so there's light that reflects off it. It's busy back there. There's a Houston Astros logo back there there's all the yeah. the people moving around on the walkway and there's these restaurants and these lights it's like good god i mean they have worked themselves into a frenzy over this <laughs> backdrop and so even if they want to disregard it at this point they have they have built enough negative equity in their head on this that it's there and and it's real for them and great you know the rangers will take it how about this matt in home sellouts They've had 28 home sellouts this year, including the postseason. Mm-hmm. Houston is 7-21 and 21 in home sellouts. So it's almost as if as the lights get brighter and the noise gets louder and the stage gets bigger, the effect gets worse for them. So who knows what it's going to be like tonight. I, I do think it's an absolute factor in, in this ballgame and, and will be tonight, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. Was seven oh three first pitch. Dave Raymond, who does such a great job, Rangers play by play. He and CJ Valley Sports Southwest, and Dave, they'll put other people with you from time to time, and always enjoy it. You got a good, you got a great cast there. Um, now Scherzer and Christian Javier. I mean, this is fascinating with Max because, like, who else would you rather have? But you can't help but think, well, the guy hadn't pitched a lot lately. And, yeah, the slider wasn't really working last time out. Um, I mean, he he's remained very positive after that start. So the hope is he knocked off the rust, and then he just summons all his ability because he's done these winner-take-all. So, I mean, it's just weird because in some ways you love having Scherzer because of who he is in the intangibles. But he hadn't pitched a whole lot. I mean, the other guy might be a better option. I mean, in Javier and some of his postseason numbers. So it's a it's a strange matchup. Do you have any sense of what to expect from Scherzer? And I would imagine there will be a quick hook in place because there's no, you know, with the game seven, there's no ability to, well, let's let him try to work through this. No, it's, it's uh, you know, we, get, we need to move on to the next guy if he's not right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, so... 
there are a lot of good points and interesting things to consider in there. And let's start with, with Scherzer, since he's a primary concern from the Rangers' standpoint. Uh-huh. I think that his reaction after that start on Wednesday was encouraging to me. I, I You know, he is a positive mindset warrior. He's a guy who uh, has all the confidence in the world and then steals a little bit extra of confidence from other people. He's, he's an absurd human being. And um, <laughs> he really, he really does believe that he can beat everybody every day, not somebody or whatever. He, he thinks he's better than everybody every day and you love it about him. And I, I love it when he's out there and he's, He's like self-motivating, yelling at himself, swearing and going nuts. I mean, he's a psychopath, and that's what we <laughs> love about him. Uh, I thought his, you know, when we go back to that game on, on Wednesday, his velocity was up a tick. So my concerns about the health of the shoulder and his arm, well, uh, that allayed those fears. He looked really good that way. Um, the slider was not good. And one thing we noticed at least just going through some of the numbers was that his extension wasn't very good. That is to say he wasn't getting down the hill very far. And it's almost like he's just holding back a little bit on that slider and to it, the slider wasn't effective. So, so that's, that's going to be something to watch tonight. And his changeup wasn't all that effective. He only used it a handful of times, but it really didn't fool anybody. He didn't throw it for a strike. And so it really was then all about the fastball, and it just wasn't enough to get it done. But he did look healthy. He did get to four innings. He threw a lot of pitches. I, I just don't think they're going to ask him to throw a lot of pitches. I think if he goes through the lineup once or maybe uh, faces, let's say, 10 to 15 hitters, that, that's probably enough. With game seven, as, as they like to say, all hands on deck, mm-hmm. well, what do we talk about all year long when we talk about pitching? Well, here's how he does first time through the order. Here's what the numbers look second time through the order. And, oh, my gosh, avert your eyes third time through the order. Well, this manager doesn't like his starters to face anybody more than twice. Whatever. Well, in a game seven, all bets are off. You don't have to worry about it. You've got nothing but depth in your bullpen. You could use John Gray uh, against the lefties. You can use Dane Dunning for an inning if you want. You've got everything out there. And so – you're going to play every single possible matchup to your advantage, and you're not necessarily going to need five innings from Scherzer. So I think they're just going to ask him to go just put the pedal down and unload everything you got, and let's see. If it's an inning, great. If it's four innings, fabulous. We don't really care. Just be effective when you're out there. Be a bulldog, and then we'll have you know a cavalry right behind you, ready to come in. So I I feel pretty good. He talked about adjustments that he was prepared to make, things that he thought didn't go right, but that he gets now after the game, like, oh, yeah, I did that wrong. Or is this wrong? I've got a plan if I get a chance to face him again. So if you believe Max Scherzer, and why would you not, um, then then you got to feel pretty good about that. And when you consider the stage, there's there's only two guys – who have pitched more times in a winner-take-all scenario in the postseason. And he will tie those two guys tonight uh, by making his fifth winner-take-all postseason game. And he'll join Roger Clemens and Garrett Cole, two pretty good pitchers. Scherzer, his reputation is, uh, speaks for itself. 
So I think you feel good you got the right guy there. Two other things. One is the managers. Bruce Bochy never lost a game seven. He's won every time. Dusty Baker never won a game seven. He's lost every one. In a, in a winner-take-all scenario or a, a, a clinch game scenario, Boach is unmatched. Uh, he's very good. Now, the problem? So those are all the reasons why I feel good, Matt. Here's what bothers me. What bothers me is Christian Javier. Mm-hmm. He's really good, like like really good. As a starter in the postseason, 4-0 and 4 starts. Um, he started his postseason career as a starter with 21 consecutive scoreless innings. The only human to start a longer scoreless inning streak to begin his postseason uh, career was Christy Matheson of the New York Whoa. Giants. So, and he went 28 innings. Christian Javier is legit, and he wore the Rangers out with his fastball on Wednesday. And we'll see if he comes out throwing that fastball uh, as often as he did last time. And if the Rangers make an adjustment, it's not overpowering, but it has that great spin. It stays up in the zone, and guys have a hard time getting on top of it. That'll be the challenge. Um, they got to get Christian Javier out of there as soon as possible. My hope is that Dusty Baker has in his mind this this notion that, like, well, I can play matchups. I'll, uh, you know, because I've got the depth of pitching tonight, um, I'll use everybody. Great. Please do. Please get Christian Javier out of there. Mm-hmm. I hope that's the way he's thinking. Um, and it maybe one time through the order, that'll be great. And Christian, you're done. If that's the case in the Rangers, uh, I really, really like their chances in this one. All right. Dusty wouldn't leave the dugout, would he, the other night? That was that was pretty amazing was theater to just see him. And he was just getting mad, and he would holler a little bit more. I mean, that's just strange. <laughs> you get ejected, and he's just like, I'm not going to leave. I've seen, yeah. I saw my dad do that one time in church softball. He did get, the, he would not leave the field when told to leave the field. I've not seen a major league baseball manager. Uh, we did see Bobby V try to sneak back in, right, with the um, right. the mustache. But, yeah, yep. uh, Dusty just to not leave. Now, Brian Abreu, two-game uh, suspension has been upheld. It'll be served for the first two games of 2024 which is not much of a penalty. If you're going to penalize somebody and rule on it and say, yes, we're going to uphold it, interesting that you just go, well, we'll do it the following season. I mean, they, they just were yeah. trying not to run afoul of the Astros here, uh, which is interesting. But, um, but yeah, they're going to wait and do that first two games of uh, next season so Abreu will be, uh, will be ready for the Astros. Yeah, and I think as, as much as it pains me to say it, I think that's the right thing to do um, because if you want to have the conversation about was it intentional or not, mm-hmm. I think there, it's a great conversation and argument that can be had. Um, but how can we really pretend to know? None of us can pretend to know. I don't necessarily want to take anybody or everybody at their word either. I mean, I have, I have opinions. I can, I, you know, my, my eyes tell me something and, and my mind tells me something. But at the end of the day, we can't really know. We, we just can't know his intent. And to shorthand a team in a game seven of an ALCS, you know, just doesn't feel great. And there is a precedent for not doing that. So 
I, I get it. I get it. At the very least, you really made them sweat it out, and they had to stress about it uh, in yesterday's game and, and in the better part of today. But mm-hmm. I think at the end, this is probably the right move to let him, uh, you know, let him be available to participate tonight if they want to go that route. But that was a that was a wild scene, man. And thank thank goodness for it in a lot of ways. Um, I think the first two games in my mind were absolute snoozers, even though they were close, low scoring games. Uh, they were snoozers. There was no drama. There was no edge. Even. Games three and four, eh, eh, kind of flat. So thank yeah. God for game five. It was intense. That gave us the energy of game six yesterday. And now, how could you do better than this game seven? We all know the hatred is there. These teams, uh, you know, want to crush each other. And um, and now it's it's all down to one game. <laughs> one game tonight between two teams from the same state who hate one another it's uh it's as great as you can get (laughs) well dave i i knew you'd be great on it you have a unique perspective you know both organizations really well and so man i hope you enjoy it i don't know if you can enjoy it right i mean it's just um (laughs) it, it it is but it's amazing theater and uh game seven i mean just everything riding on it have a great time uh, watching it, and thank you so much for being on with us. And uh, I mean, it's a long day of broadcasting uh, for you. All right, so uh, enjoy your next radio hit. Yeah, listen, that's why we do it, man. This is this is this is what we've all dreamed of. So I, I have uh, I have no qualms talking about this stuff. Thanks for having me, Matt. You bet. Dave Raymond uh, has done it for a lot of years, and was used to be with the Astros. Does it for the Rangers now? Bally Sports. Southwest, and so a great guy to have on today. And uh, Dave's got a lot of different thoughts, and and does such a nice job calling these games on uh, on TV. And I always I feel bad the TV guys do all these games all year, and then of course TBS and Fox get to take this thing over. But Valley's does a nice uh, post game show, and they do a lot of pregame post game type stuff. And uh, Emily Jones a part of that as well. So uh, really appreciative of uh, Dave jumping on with us. All right, let's. Uh, we got Campus Confidential at 4:40. I'll do uh, some quick thoughts on a a very important and momentous win uh, for the Baylor Bears out in Cincinnati. We'll discuss next. This is ESPN Central Texas.